Welcome to this Do Loss Deliberation. This is Levi Bimba. Today we're going to talk about are you backsliding? So to backslide, according to Merriam-Webster, means to lapse morally or in the practice of religion. And then the second definition is to revert to a worse condition. So there was this article that came uh, that was really adapted from the Pilgrim's Progress, a allegory written by John Bunyan. And Kristen was conversing with Hopeful, and they were talking about what backsliding looks like. So in the Pilgrim's Progress, there are nine different ways that really are uh, consequential ways, or I should say sequential ways of backsliding. So we're going to go through nine of them, and I'll offer some commentary on them because they're very thought-provoking and I think will help all of us get a better understanding of what backsliding is and how it starts and how we can watch out for it in our own lives. So we'll start with number one. The first way that people start to backslide is, quote, they draw off their thoughts, all that they may, from the remembrance of God, death and judgment to come. So they start off in their thinking to start to move away from thinking about God and about death and about hell and heaven and all the things that pertain to those really heavy topics. And, you know, with the way our culture is, we don't like dealing with deep truths. We like the superficiality of of sound bites and of five minute interviews and cable segments. And we don't like long, detailed, explanatory uh, topics we like we just like to get it distilled down to as quickly as we can get it and then move on to the next thing but John Bunyan here is trying to get us to remember that it's good to think about God it's good to think about death it's good to think about judgment to come and there are some scriptures that back up what he has written here chiefly in Psalm 1 verses 1 through 2 it says blessed is a man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law doth he meditate day and night. So the person whose mind is full of God and of death and judgment to come would be the person whose delight is in the law of God. So chiefly, the number one way to spot backsliding in your own life or in the life of another person is that is their delight in the law of the Lord? Do they delight in the scriptures? Do they delight in the revelation that God has given of himself? Ecclesiastes 12 verse 1 also talks about remembering God. Ecclesiastes 12 1 says, remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. So this is telling us to remember God even while we're young. So even young children Teenagers, you know, people that are not necessarily out on their own yet, they need to be thinking about God, death and judgment to come because these things are important and are eternally important. And we should urge our children and urge those within our age group. Like I'm in my late 20s, but we we you know, we should be especially people in their late 20s, people that are grown and on their own should be thinking about these things constantly. These should be thoughts that run through our minds daily. If, or at least weekly. Romans 12 verses 1 through 2 also talks about the mind and how we should be being renewed in our minds. Romans 12, 1 through 2, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies 
a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So the way to have your mind to stay on these topics of God, death and judgment to come is to have our minds be transformed. And how do we have our minds transformed is first it starts by not being conformed to this world. So don't conform your your mind, your, your speaking, your living to the pattern of this world. We don't want to be like the world. We want to be like Christ. And in order to do that, we have to reject the world and its ideologies and its culture and its customs and have our minds transformed by being renewed. And that the only way to do that is through the word of God. The mind generates how we think, what we feel, and why we believe what we believe. Then we start to act out what we think. So if we're moved by what we understand and by what we know. Then we have to really guard what comes into our minds and what we believe, which is why it's so important to read the Bible, to understand it, to have to listen to good, sound biblical teaching. So your mind can start to download the bad stuff and upload the good things, chiefly of the word of God. So the second way that. Uh, the person who starts to backslide uh, acts out their backsliding. So they start by taking their thoughts away from God, death and judgment to come. And then number two, quote, it says, then they cast off by degrees private duties as closet prayer, curbing their lust, watching sorrow for sin and the like. So, again, these little uh, things that we tend to take for granted, like private prayer, like battling sin and, and sorrowing over sin and repenting. And, and being watchful about what we do and how we spend our time and things like that. These things start to be cast off in the mind of one who is backsliding. Colossians 3 verses or verse 5 talks about uh, talks about this a little bit where it says, Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence and covetousness, which is idolatry i'm reading from the old king james so it's telling us to mortify these de these things that are that are within our flesh we have to kill fornication we have to kill uncleanness we have to kill covetousness covetousness and idolatry we have to kill these things on a daily basis we need to be battling the sin because we're stuck in this in this body of sin we've been redeemed if you've repented and put your trust in christ we've been redeemed we've been saved We've come to Christ and we, we know him as our savior as, and as our Lord, but we're still stuck in this body of sin. So we still have to mortify. We have to kill. We have to really, uh, you know, execute these things in our in our flesh day after day, you know, week after week. It's a battle until the day we, we physically die and are now and then become present with with Christ in heaven. Second Corinthians seven ten talks about how what true repentance looks like. And it says, for godly sorrow is not to be repented of, but worketh repentance unto salvation. But the sorrow of the world worketh death. So there's a godly sorrow and there's a worldly sorrow. And the chief examples of godly sorrow and worldly sorrow would be Judas and Peter. Peter had a godly sorrow. And because he repented of his sin and, and he trusted in Christ and he, and he was saved. But uh, Judas had a worldly sorrow. He was sorry for what he did. He was sorry that he, he betrayed Christ. He felt bad. He felt guilty, but there was no repentance. He just went and hanged himself and ended up dead and, and went to hell and is in hell today because he didn't have the right kind of sorrow over his sin that led to repentance. So these are the things 
you can see the progression. They So first off, the backslider forgets to think about God and death and judgment. Then they start to cast off little by little private prayer, cur- you know, more, uh, curbing their lust, watching and sorrowing over sin and things like that. And then the third thing that they do, as John Bunyan writes, quote, then they shun the company of lively and warm Christians. So your thinking goes, your private duties as prayer, a prayer and, and curbing your lust goes. And then you start to shun the company of lively and warm Christians. First Corinthians 15, verse 33. It says, be not deceived. Evil associations corrupt good manners. So don't think that you can get away with hanging around people that are unsaved, that are ungodly, or you're dealing with a lot of filthy content on on TV or on the Internet that's that's infiltrating your mind or even bad music, secular music that is not godly, that is not that is not turning your mind toward God. The Bible is saying, don't be deceived because these things will corrupt the good manners, will corrupt the good uh, the good uh, deeds that you're trying to partake in. And this is dangerous. And, and so when you start to shun the company of people who are serving the Lord and who are wanting to please him, you just open yourself up to more and more conformity, more and more uh, reshaping of your mind away from the godly and, and to the secular, to the worldly. So number four way that John Bunyan writes that backsliders go uh, he says, after that, they grow cold to public duty as hearing, reading, godly conference and the like. So they don't like to attend. They don't like to be around Christians. And then on top of that, they just don't like to uh, spend their time in the word with other Christians and, and, and spend time growing and, and discussing these things and trying to grow in their faith. First Timothy four. 13 and then verses 15 through 16 say, Paul writes to Timothy, until I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. And then verse 15, it says, meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them that that profiting may appear to all. And then verse 16, here is a key verse, I think, where Paul says, take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them for in so doing this, thou shalt save both thyself and those who hear thee. So it's, it's that important that you have to take heed unto yourself and unto the doctrine. You can't get careless with these things. You can't think that you can cast off prayer, cast off the word and think that you'll be able to grow and become a strong Christian. And you won't be compelled to go back to worldly ideologies, worldly lifestyle, because if you don't take heed to yourself and to, the, and to doctrine, to sound doctrine, you will you will end up losing yourself and those who who you influence will also be lost as well, so to speak. So the number five way that people, that backsliders go down the wrong path is that, quote, John Bunyan writes, then they begin to pick holes, as we say, in the coats of some, some of, of some of the godly and that devilish, devilishly that they may have a seeming color to throw religion for the sake of some infirmity they have espied in them behind their back. So they look for different things that, the godly Christians, like the lively, warm Christians that we just read about, are doing that are bad, or they're looking for some kind of hypocrisy in them, just to give themselves an excuse to not, to not engage in in 
in, in sound doctrine and reading and in prayer. Matthew 7, 1 verses, uh, or Matthew 7, verses 1 through 5, Jesus talks about, Judge not that ye be not judged, for with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged, and with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how would thou say to thy brother, Let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the moat out of thy brother's eye. So Jesus is saying here, why are you so focused on a little picadillo in somebody else's life when you have a whole heap of sin that is in your own life that you're completely looking past just to go nitpick somebody else's sin? I mean, that's completely hypocritical. What do you think you're doing? And you're, you go about gossiping behind people's backs and trying to cause and trying to ruin somebody's reputation when the penalty for that is death. If you think that's ex- if you think that's extreme, just look at Romans one twenty nine and then verse thirty two. Romans one twenty nine says uh, they are whisperers, and then continue down to verse thirty two. It says that those who commit such things are worthy of death. So though, if you're whispering behind people's backs, if you're tearing them down, if you're gossiping, the Bible says that you are worthy of death, and that's the judgment of God. Verse Romans one verses thirty two. So we see that the backslider, first they start to draw off their thoughts, they forget God, death, and judgment to come. They start to cast off private duties as closet prayer, curbing their lust, sorrow for sin. Then they start to shun the company of lively and warm Christians. They grow cold to public duty as hearing, reading, and godly conference. Then then they begin to pick holes in the lives of other believers who are who are actually trying to mortify sin and, and do what is right. And then number six, Quote, then they begin to adhere to and associate themselves with carnal, loose and wanton men. And we go back to Psalm one and you see the danger. Uh, or you see the people you can you can take the opposite um, explanation for Psalm one, where it says, blessed is a man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. So if you take the opposite view of blessed is a man who doesn't do these things. You could say cursed is a man that walks in the counsel of the un- ungodly and stands in the way of sinners and sits in the seat of the scornful. So you begin to associate yourselves with people who mock God, who mock the Bible. You begin to, you begin to laugh with them, jo- laugh at their jokes at other Christians, laugh at, at laugh at their demeaning of, 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 of faithful uh, Christians, faithful people who desire to please the Lord, you begin to associate yourself with them and, and even identify yourself with how they think and how they live. And you try to justify your identification with them because you're already poking holes in the lives of other believers, like we talked about on number five. So it's a, you see the dangerous progression that's happening here. Number seven, it says, then they give way to carnal and wanton discourses in secret and glad are they if they can see such things in any that are counted honest, that they may the more boldly do it through their example. So you see how this kind of relates to uh, number five, where they, when you start to pick holes in other people's lives, that you start to engage in some of the sins that you like to do. And then you try to find. And then when you see other Christians get exposed for the sins that they do, you kind of gleefully are excited about it because that you, that kind of kind of gives you the the excuse to continue to engage in your own sin, allegedly, 
But Ephesians 5, 11 through 12 has something radically different. It says, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. So you're not supposed to get, you're not supposed to be glad about somebody who falls. You should be reproving them in their unfruitful works. Verse 12, it says, for it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. Now, this is, I don't think this means that you should never talk about what somebody has done if you're trying to warn somebody uh, to stay away from somebody else who's who is in sin who's doing things that they ought not to be doing but i think paul is saying here these this is not something that should be repeated uh in secret this is not something that you should continue to repeat and, and, and gossip about and talk about oh did you hear this person cheated on their wife or this person is engaged in this and that this is, this is not something you should be, even be entertaining as some form of, of gossip this is something you shouldn't even be wanting to talk about it should be it should be a sorrowful thing to see and to hear a Christian who's who has fallen or somebody who professes to be a Christian fallen into into sin and wantonness, especially when you're doing the same thing in secret and you're just repeating this to give yourself to make yourself feel better. So number eight it says after this, they begin to play with little sins openly. And so you after you're talking about these things in secret, as the Bible tells us not to do, you start to begin to play with little sins openly and we see kind of an example of this in paul's life where he had a fellow believer who labored with him who uh worked with paul and and spreading the gospel and and uh traveling around the, no the then known world to preach uh, his name was demas and paul mentioned him twice in colossians 4 14 and philemon 1 24 but Sadly, in Second Timothy four, one of Paul's last letters, if not his last one, Second Timothy four, verse ten, Paul writes, "For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world." And how sad is that? After all the work that Demas did with Paul, somewhere along the way, Demas fell in love with the world and it ended up deserting Paul, and left him at the end of his life. And Demas got caught up in the love of the world. And what does First John two fifteen tell us clearly? It says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the father is not in him. So we see that that's that was the end of Demas's life. He loved the world and we saw that the love of the father was not in him. So he he abandoned Paul in the ministry and he engaged in his and whatever it was he was doing that he loved the, the present world so much for he left the ministry left paul and had fun for however many years that he lived on earth and now for all we know he's in hell after his short-term enjoyment of this present world and finally number nine of a backslider the final step according to john bunyan in the pilgrim's progress he writes and then being hardened, they show themselves as they are, thus being launched again into the gulf of misery, unless a miracle of grace prevent it, they everlastingly perish in their own deceivings. So you could say this is a this is just a final step. These backsliders just end up dying, going to hell because they deceive themselves so much. So they try to justify their sin. They try to. Forget thinking about the law of God, about death, about judgment to come. They tried to they they shunned the company of Christians. They shunned 
the private duties of prayer and reading the word and, and meditating on the word. They started to gossip about Christians. They started to uh, associate themselves with carnal and, and ungodly men and women. They started to engage in, in, in secret sins. And then they started openly practicing these sins. And then they ended up dying in deceit. And Hebrews 10, 26-31 has a has a uh, excellent passage regarding the backslider. Hebrews 10, 26-31, it says, For if we sin willfully, after having received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and fiery indignation, which shall devour the adversaries. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Of how much sore punishment, suppose ye, shall he be thought worthy who hath trodden under foot the Son of God, and, have, and hath accounted the blood of the covenant, wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing, and hath despised the spirit of grace? For we know him that hath said, Vengeance belongeth unto me, I will recompense, saith the Lord. And again, the Lord shall judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. And that is where a backslider ends up, in the hands of a living God who they never served, who they never trusted, who they never repented and put their trust in Christ and, and, and gave their lives to they are now falling into his hands in judgment, and they have no hope. They've trampled underfoot the Son of God, and they did not care about pursuing holiness, about pursuing godliness. And again, this all started because they did not want to think about God, death, and the judgment to come. So the very thing that they did not want to think about is the last thing that they end up falling into, and that is the judgment of God. So let's take these thoughts, you know, let's try to examine our hearts and be convicted and ask the Lord to help us to not become a backslider while we are alive. All right. So thank you for listening and we will see you again next time on I Do Lost Deliberations.